Welcome to Keith and the Girl. I'm Keith Malley. I'm Chemda. Chemda, I love our forums. I love our listeners. Me too. Keithandthegirl.com slash forums. You can write about you know anything you want, but we also have a section for every show we've done. And if you recall, not to start with bummer news, but Mike wrote in and he said, uh, hey, I, I, I need to tell my family, my friend's family about abuse that this friend's, uh, friend's family did to me. You know what I'm saying, Kenda? Yeah, yeah. We got a letter saying that he was sexually abused by a family friend, a close family friend, where they hung out a lot. And now he has a child and he's wondering how much should he bring this to light? Who, sh- who should he tell? Um, who could he feel comfortable telling? What's there going to be a response? And his wife is uh, on his side and ready to, you know, sort of hold his hand physically or otherwise through him telling absolutely everybody. So um, it's a big decision. We basically told him, like, you need a therapist because, um, yes, of course, feel free to tell anybody. I think it's your story, but also be ready for how emotionally straining that's going to be. Right. He said his mom's a recovering alcoholic. Is this going to break her? That kind of thing, right? I think she's an active alcoholic and like his bro- his sibling is uh, a recovering alcoholic. Okay. But either way, you know, it's it's people who have struggled just like the rest of us. So, you know, you don't know what someone else's triggers are. It, it might be everything, you know, right. it's not you. Well, Shoe Booty wrote on the forum saying, I was absolutely floored by Mike's situation as I could have written the exact letter almost, being abused by the teen son of our close family friend from a young age. My parents were close friends. The two families would even vacation together. I'd blocked it out of my memory for years, not wanting to say anything to my family, alcoholic mom and dad who will do something rash. He'd beat the shit out of my aunt's boyfriend when he found out that guy was beating her. My father died. My alcoholic mother died. Statute of limitations had well passed. I don't care about hurting the abuser's family, so I reached out to them on Facebook, engaged in casual banter first before I hit them with the, your son fucking raped me news. Told them the details to keep him away from kids, and then I blocked them all. I needed no further commentary from them, as I wa- it wasn't up for debate. I felt some sense of relief and closure for having gotten it out there. Mike, I'm sorry you went through this. You're not alone, and your need to want to protect others is still so admirable despite everything you endured. You needed protecting and didn't get it. And I'm so sorry. Oh, what an incredible letter in response. And what a great way to do it. I gave you the information that I wanted to give. Now I block you because I actually don't give a shit what you think about it. Right. I love it. I love I it. I don't know that he can do it because some of his family is still alive and, you know, Christmas is still a thing somehow, but. Right, right. Uh, but I, I, I do like that. And it, it's it's sad, but it's good to know that other people are going through no matter what horrific thing you're going through. So whether you need to find somebody through Keith and the Girl or a meeting or Googling up something, uh, do it. You uh, Unfortunately, you're not alone. Maybe that'll help you out a little bit. All right, let's go to good news now. But today will be a roller coaster. Uh, Keith and the Girl <laughs> Days, July 4th. Everybody knows that. Get your hoodies, get your T-shirts, get your shot glasses. Everything's at KeithandTheGirl.com slash store you know we got the we got the the sweatshirts the front pouch pocketed 100 percent french terry cotton keith and the girl gray hoodie with the silhouette team keith and the girl logo on the sleeve uh we have i'm looking right here at team keith and the girl t-shirt ready for this kenda mm-hmm. sexy in design sexy in style sexy any way you slice it the team keith and the girl shirt features a sexy new design on the sexy front 
letting everyone know that you're on the sexy team because you're sexy. And I'm not kidding. We are actually running out of sizes. So, you know, get it now. And uh, if you get it now, we can get it to you by July 4th. And if you have Keith and the Girl shirts or maybe when we were on the cover of the Village Voice, if you can put that on social media on July 4th, because we're doing in day July 4th, a lot of us. And so we want to see how long you've been listening and what kind of Keith and the Girl stuff you have around. So you'll see everything there. KeithandtheGirl.com slash store. All right, let's get to it. Here she is featured on Comedy Central. NBC, CPS, True TV, TBS, CDC, FBI, Abby Crutchfield. <laughs> How you doing, Abby? Hey, everybody. Oh, what a start. You made me laugh so hard I dropped my vice. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to see you guys sure. again. How old is your baby now? She's two and a half. So would you She's have been stuck? Grown. Would you have been stuck home anyway? With yeah. The- okay. Yeah, we were already in a groove of figuring out her day, mostly indoors and partially outdoors. And throughout the pandemic, we've been able to, you know, since the CDC was like, get yourself some exercise and some fresh air, we were able to keep her distanced, but still give her things to do. So the best thing we've discovered is I can get her on my bicycle. She's got a baby seat behind me and we ride over to an area that's got like a little shore. So we're in Brooklyn near, um, uh, Gowanus, which is out by Red Hook. So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Any of your listeners love Brooklyn, but the very industrial area, you can still call it a beach. She just plays on rocks and discovers garbage. Right. I, I, she's, I, it's, she's an archaeologist of sorts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, um, I, I was just reading an article about how on CNN, Chris Cuomo's show, um, a group of 16 friends all tested positive for coronavirus after a night out at a recently oh, reopened no. Florida bar. Now, what's amazing Woo. to me about this is that three of the 16 went on the show to explain how it's not safe to go out. They're not mm. embarrassed. They think they're saviors. Well, they are now. I guess lead by example is something they must have heard one time and misunderstood. Right. People must know. We knew. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote one of the Beastie Boys. I forget which one because I. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna use this one from now on. He said, "I'd rather be a hypocrite than someone who never changes." So maybe that that person's just leaning on that kind of line. Okay. Like, you know uh, what? That I've is, changed now in 24 hours. Right. <laughs> that is the sweetest thing you can say in that moment. <laughs> between the, yeah, yeah, between vomiting and shitting my pants, I really took a lot in. <laughs> uh, three members of the group who spoke to CNN's Chris Cuomo said they want to remind the public that the pandemic is not over yet. Of course not. Your dogs can smell it. Of course. <laughs> uh, we want to raise awareness and get ahead of it, said stupid fuck Cat Layton. We want to tell people it's really not ready for what we thought it was ready for. It's too soon. What was the confusion? St- phase one was never hang out in the crowded bar. What would phase three be, <laughs> the asshole? <laughs> The group had gathered for a friend's birthday, they said. The bar was crowded and no one was wearing masks. They're saying it like they're mad at everybody. You did it! (laughs) Uh, uh, Standing there in front of those people, we knew we were pushing it. All right? At the time, the virus was, quote, out of sight, out of mind, since they didn't know anyone who had had contracted it. Mm -hmm. The mayor and governor that everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Idiot Eric Crisp said that. But within days, they started getting sick. 
receiving text messages that my friends were just boom, positive, boom, positive, boom, positive, back to back to back. It was overwhelming, said moron Dara Sweat. The women said <laughs> they are confident. This is some paper I'm reading, right? The women said they are confident they contracted the virus on that outing. Since then, they said they've been uh, messaged by strangers who also got sick after visiting the same bar that weekend. Oh, these poor people. Uh, they want others to be more cautious about taking advantage of looser restrictions. I'll try, dum-dums. I'll try. Mm -hmm. I'll try to cross the street when you walk by. That's what I'll try to do. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Don't go to a crowded bar. I think they interviewed them just so you could see young people being affected because I think that's part of the problem is they, even if they get it, they kind of get over it maybe a little bit faster. Maybe this bummer news for them is coming out of their own faces so they can go, wait, that's me. I did right. that. I look like that. I'm that age. I'm a douche. You know, maybe this is for Yeah, me willful also. ignorance is not bliss in this case. Like you just don't get to live in a bubble and enjoy it. Right. You now, we, you consequences. Guys, now, are you guys uh, doing any kind of traveling as a family? <sighs> we just recently um, came out to the Midwest. So I'm in Indiana and this is where both my husband and I are from. We have a lot of conversations about it. I was we're here for two weddings and I was waiting for both weddings to be canceled because I had a cousin who was having a wedding in West in Virginia and right. she canceled hers for a, she postponed it for a year. I okay. thought somebody would go to City Hall or just do it via Zoom the way it's trending on the internet. But no, we are having them in person. And then it was up to us to decide, are they going to be taking precautions distance-wise with masks and, you know, no buffet food? Like, we just were trying to check all the boxes to see if it made sense to come out because it has been a long time since. It's always been a year since we've seen this family in this town. And so... Did they? You know... I wasn't 100% on board, but we came anyway. I do love them, and I am glad to see them, but I am on the side of it's just not time yet, and we still need to make sacrifices. But right. I've had but two they're so in, in fun. <laughs> so fun. And you missed I honestly so don't know much. what the – I don't know what the rationale is, except that it's kind of like we've waited this long. Let's just take our chances. Even the, el the eldest of the community – have said, look, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And it's like, I, I don't know if it's Midwestern mentality or if it's just an individual thing, but it's like, okay, I'll just keep my hands washed, keep my distance, keep a mask on. And, um, were and so people sitting so across? Good. Were people sitting apart? We haven't done the actual events yet. So right now we're just staying in a home that has no pe nobody in it. So some family okay. members are going to be out of town. So it's like, okay, we'll stay there. Um, and then just, what I was telling Keith before the show started, though, Hamda, is that it's a lot of mixed messaging, even in the businesses. Some are closed, some are open. The, some ones open are like takeout only. Others are like, come on in, sit down. Some that do offer table seating have it very clearly marked distance seating and they've got tape on the floor. Others are not observing it at all. I saw a ca an outdoor cafe that had a whole patio full and they seated two separate families right next to each other. Sorry, the patio wasn't full. The patio was empty. And I thought, well, as you're seating, yeah. just give them space on their own. But it's like, nope, they're just seated right next to each other. I don't know why. Okay. Maybe by the for way, shade. By the way, picture these weddings. You know how like you, you'll get upset if you give somebody a fancy microwave, but the relationship doesn't work out? Now picture you <laughs> died and then it doesn't work out. <laughs> you're going to be upset. 
I this, don't. Yeah, this really I, goes to show that people's wedding really is the most important part of your life, my life, the right. whole world. The the phrase the wedding industry is a strong one. Go ahead. Yeah, the phrase "It's my wedding" is like your yeah. death sentence, and that's fine. Like it doesn't matter because. <laughs> People have gone through weddings that at the day of the wedding, they're like, holy shit, am I marrying this guy? Oh, but the cake looks so good and the deposit is not refundable. So, yeah, it is like you said, Abby, wedding industry is just fantastic. I think it's a beast. I've gone through the outrage and the how dare they and oh, that's so selfish. And now I've just moved on. Like I've accepted my decision to come. I'm not going to still like ream them since I'm out here. It's like, well, I decided if I'm keeping myself as safe as I was when I was in my home in Brooklyn, then maybe my risk level doesn't go up that much, but it's about, and what a, and what a fantastic, what a fantastic good time for your family. Like uh, I will come to your wedding, but I'm going to make sure that I'm distancing and that I feel good and I'm in my safe space. Yeah. One person who's a high risk person, who's like a frontline worker, isn't even going to come. And it's like, but, but it had, it took a lot of talking to get to that point of like, maybe we should tell them they shouldn't come them being like maybe i shouldn't come should i tell them like it's just like have these open conversations don't dance around it it's important i love that this is how we're polite right uh, (laughs) you you could kill me a little more the cdc said so maybe not you but we love you very much it's it's tough especially i think back to like not in defense of those people but i think in kind of trying to make sense of it it's if you're getting a bunch of mixed messages you're much more likely to Pick the one want. that sounds the best to you. Yeah. Right. Like what, what do I like the best out of all these? And Supreme, unfortunately that's not the one. The Supreme court won't even get together in a room, but yeah. love is love. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Did anyone let people who are getting married know that even though no one's looking at you, you'll still be married and it, <laughs> it still could be happily ever after. In fact, it might be a little <sighs> bit easier because you don't have to, you know, this one's and kosher and this one doesn't. Yes. <laughs> you save yes i mean i love a good party yeah but i love a good party i love a wedding but um i don't know that cake better be good abby report back right and if i'm away from (laughs) i'm not eating it (laughs) uh, you bring your own cupcake for yourself (laughs) (laughs) i'm away from people and i got my mask on so all of a sudden i start crying at the wedding and it's not even about me nobody's gonna really notice you know (laughs) you're all covered up and stuff how's that fun (laughs) Uh, President Donald Trump said that he thinks the same scientific expertise that produced a vaccine for AIDS can deliver one for COVID-19. Lest there's any confusion, we do not actually have a vaccine for AIDS, (laughs) but fingers crossed. (laughs) There's no such thing. It's like a riddle. I just fell for it. Right. What's wrong with this statement? I don't know. (laughs) But the thing is, is he's right. It's like the the arrow. If they're pointing, if the heads of the arrow are pointing out or pointing in, the line is still the same size. Yeah, we don't have a vaccine. So Trump, you're right. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, Vice President Pence is encouraging governors to say that cases are growing nationwide because of an increase in testing. That's simply not true. They are actually increasing. I saw uh, Abby on her Twitter feed. You can follow at Curly Comedy. I'm eating potato chips on a microwave pizza for one in the dark. Are we still sharing pandemic recipes? <laughs> that was this, a new one. Yeah, this is why you want that uh, buffet. You're dying over there. You're losing your fucking mind. <laughs> microwave. No, I pizza. think it's a, I think it's pretty common that the first two to three weeks, people are flexing their culinary skills, and then they got burnout of chopping vegetables, and they started right. going. 
what are my perishable or what are my non-perishables doing? And then just opening cans of garbanzo beans and mixing them up with tortilla chips. So that's where I was. I was like, this sad frozen pizza is not doing it for me. What else do I have? And then I put <laughs> chips on it and, it and it worked. It's true. The other day, I think it was Bianca for the last week show. She goes, what are you guys having for dinner? And I just go, I don't know, dishes, fucking more dishes. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's all I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's not a. Sometimes you have the effort, and sometimes you don't. Like sometimes the cereal will suffice, but other times you got to get creative. You right. got to you got to have something savory, like a frozen pizza with chips. Right. Uh, not that uh, Black Lives Matter is new to you, but between that and the coronavirus, have you lost your shit in your house yet? Many times, many yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in an interracial marriage, and we were headed to the Midwest, and that was just the catalyst I needed to right. stand on a pedestal and make many monologues about sure who loves me and how they show it and uh <laughs> and also I, I i took luke to task for his material like that's something pretty taboo because we're both comedians and it's like we respect that let the audience judge the process and if we're doing a punch-up session that's fine but don't just attack each other's material and i just came out of nowhere and i was like this is a stereotype this is wrong this is racist and he's right. like <gasps> Who are you? Never. Right. I've had this for years. Why haven't you said anything about it before? And, and I'm just like, I'm reading into everything now. It, it's like you just told him how to pronounce your name. <laughs> it's Abby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, he, it's been a lot for him. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, I'm coming down from it now. But honestly, it's been, yeah, everybody's emotional roller coaster since George Floyd, George Floyd's murder has been different. And Mine was no exception because it was a whole inventory of my identity. What do I sit on? What am I complicit about? But also, you know, what what is fueled by fear? And, you know, how do I stand up for myself? So, yeah, it was a very, I went, yeah, it was definitely, did you describe it as a roller coaster? Because you are correct. It was just a lot. You know, I don't know if this is, if this is a good comparison, but I feel like I went through that in a, in a feminist way. Like, I always thought I was just a feminist because, like, how could you not want everything to be equal? But I didn't know how I was reacting to it. And all of a sudden it's, it comes down on you. It's like, Oh no. And it's like the sixth sense where you see everything so clearly. And then you want to like rage <laughs> all at once for everything that happened. And then, I you know, know, all of a sudden, like if you listen to shows around that time, you will hear me call Keith a straight says white man. <laughs> like it was just like, Oh, says the white man. Oh, you're six feet two. Oh, isn't that special? Like it was just, right. was, oh, it's just because I know also, I use, I use because also we're I'm right. Like, that's ableist. That's this, that's that, you know, like I'm constantly critiquing, but you're not wrong. The thing is, is everything that comes out of Keith's mouth is going to be from that perspective. So I'm like, you don't even see the ease of it. You know, it's just calm down. Right. I would, t- yeah. I would tell him that I'm like, look, you and Abby are the ones that are, you know, uh, treated less than. Why do you have to keep reading stuff? Calm down. You know, <laughs> you two are the ones reading books. Let me do the work. Well, that's what I was talking about. Like, I'm worried about hard conversations with families who are in different with people, the family members who might be on different political end of the spectrum never mind the fact that we never have hard conversations anyway and like everybody sure. has this unspoken agreement of not i'm sorry one second A- abby that that's funny huh. too though because i have siblings like this on the other side of the spectrum of mm-hmm. humanity <laughs> yes yeah, i mean we're all different well, how could i force my ways of being human on others yeah if i could well you know who check a different box than i check in different right. times of whatever but right. uh yeah it's um yeah 
anyway, what was I saying? Oh, so, so yeah, I think, um, there's like uh shoot, what did you say, Keith? It kind of set me up. Oh, I was thinking Luke should be the one to have these conversations and right. I'm conserving my energy, you know, and it's like, I've, I've spent my whole life trying to explain things to people who don't want to understand it. So why start now? So I, I've just, it's been a whole cycle of like, I'm pretty much back to where I started, but with, it's kind of like, um, I just, I've never cared about something more than the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> like I'm a very laid back slash disinterested. Nothing makes me click except like old murder mysteries from the eighties. You know, like right. there's just, it, it's kind of like I'm a very live and let live person to a degree, but now it is like what you just said, Keith. It's like, if you can see this any other way, something's wrong yeah. with you and I need to exercise that demon somehow. Yeah. And, and no pun on live and let live, you know, mm, mm, <laughs> truly <laughs> try it. I, you know, I, th- this is the cover of the new New York post. And it's a little, it's a little more, you know, right than left, but on the cover, it shows a uh, pack protest. This one happens to be the black trans lives uh, matter uh, mm. meeting. And then a pack packed people drinking outside and it says sick hypocrisy. So this is fine. The protests and this is dangerous. The parting. It's like assholes. One is work and you have to do it. <laughs> if it makes the disease worse, then make sure you stay home after that extra. But that mm-hmm. needs done. And how is that a debate? You fucking mm-hmm. simpleton. Mm-hmm. How do you work That's the thing. That? I'm tired of I'm tired of willful ignorance and I'm tired of lazy thinking where it's like they they reach for the lowest fruit of like, yeah. well, that looks the same. So argument made and it's like go back into any school and research a little bit better you know like uh this idea that like can you you know a lot of i'm sure you've heard a lot of people of color being burdened with their compassionate white friends saying well can you teach me and even i've had that moment a little bit with family friends just like what can i do and it's like i want i mean i have answers but if i don't i look them up and I want you to teach me at this point. It's like, right. you, you come back when you have something to tell me. Cause I just don't think it's, you know, me doing the work is not going to be the same as you caring. It's going to be you being spoon fed and going, okay, good job. Right. Now I, which now is, I click the right petition. You know? Which is so interesting because, you know, when we were growing up, you had to go to the library. And then if you wanted to get the old newspapers or some kind of like historical anything, you had to go through that terrible slidey machine where it goes too fast or too <laughs> Micro slow. Micro fish like, or film. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I was every time I was never a struggle, but it's yeah, it's like that. It's so hard. But now there's literally hashtags for you. This is what people are talking about. (laughs) And then if you click on that, this is what they're saying, which shows, you know, either side of it usually, or it leads to your Google. So it's all, I mean, one Wikipedia leads to another. It's not, you don't have, you don't even know, you don't have to know how to drive in order to get information now. So on the one hand, yeah, true. And on the one hand, it couldn't be simpler in this information age, but on the other hand, all of this information has been there for hundreds of years. Like the speeches are the same. The information is the same because the white supremacy is the same. Like the systems haven't changed yet. So any speech I can hear from an activist from today has also been said by James Baldwin and before him, people before him, you know, like it's, right. But now there it's are all. super cuts. It's it's like on YouTube. It's in a podcast. It's however you it's take a your montage on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on TikTok. I it's love a- me an Instagram montage that I can just swipe through. Like, oh, okay, that's how you learn to be an ally. Got right. it. At this point, the only way you can't consume it is in a pill, and I'm sure that's coming. Right. 
Is it, <laughs> is it uh, you know, not all his fault, but Chappelle's 20 years ago when he told me all this information, he kept banging the microphone on his knee and laughing. I thought we were just <laughs> having a party. <laughs> you know, oh uh, well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tried- he went straight to non-funny. Now he's right. like, "Look, I'll just give a speech, all right." Right. You guys, you guys are not getting it. Um, the uh, yeah, t- t- today I'm not selling T-shirts. Now listen up. Uh, I feel I, like it's very. Oh, I don't want to jump ahead yet, but I feel like it's very vindicating for Hannah Gatsby, who was critiqued for having a special that wasn't comedy, and it's like now mm-hmm. when Chappelle does it, are people going to finally accept that it can be art, even if it doesn't make you laugh every right. five, five seconds. And I mean, also, it, it was art, but um, I did I did watch it and I thought it was more of a TED talk. I wouldn't call that a comedy special, but uh, I think maybe haha, gotcha. I tricked you into just listening to fucking words that made sense. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, it, it, did he say it was a comedy special or did he just call I it? I don't think he know? announced that. No, I think people just tie him so closely to comedy that any moment that they might have chuckled. I knew they cut away to the audience laughing twice. I saw it in eight minutes and 46 seconds. This is the piece we're talking about. I yeah. saw that happen. So I know that he tried to bring some levity to certain moments, but ultimately it was just getting thoughts off of his chest for a half hour. Well, but I'm just the, saying, I'm, I didn't see a wave of critique against it of like, that was not funny. It was like, it's okay. Is, can we just agree? It's okay. If something's not funny, if it comes from a comedian. Oh yeah. You, anyway, you have my, ahead, you have my vote. <laughs> I, I see that a lot. Yeah. They still call it stand up. <laughs> I see it all the time. I don't know about you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I try. I try to be an ally, but then, like, I'll talk to one of my brothers and say, "Oh, look at look at what's going on with the cops now. Now they're and, and these uh, these rubber bullets. They're acting like they're toys." And then a brother mm-hmm. will say, "You know, one of my brothers, to be clear, uh, you know, well, shouldn't people be inside because of the virus anyway?" And I type back, "Die." So I'm not <laughs> doing as good dollars. as I could be, but like, <laughs> this is a fucking discussion. <laughs> Kill yourself. But that's your clear-cut way of, yeah, I mean, you're a great communicator in that respect. <laughs> right. I don't need you on my planet. Yeah, don't be on my planet, let alone in my family. So hopefully <laughs> that means to you, I bet I should look this up because my brother Keith is of sound mind and body. Oh, man. We should, <laughs> trade, never, we should trade bodies in a soul swap right. movie because I'm already <laughs> getting the hives just being in the home of somebody, possibly yeah. critiquing them if they can overhear me through a, a patio glass. I'm like, right. oh, I hope they don't, hope this doesn't make our next meal awkward, but it, I don't know. Right. I don't even think I've said anything wrong yet, but it's just kind of like, how is it going to be perceived? I constantly have to question, not have to, I choose to question that in my head, but you, right. you're just, Die. Uh, Keith has not asked me to die in the four decades I know knew him. Maybe I should look into <laughs> paint cans. Maybe it's not just paint cans. Maybe they really hurt these fucking paint cans. Maybe. Maybe they all can know your is, fucking skull in. Maybe. All I know is reaching them through holding their hand is not the way to go. It hasn't worked in the past right. 300 years. It's not going to work again. It's going to keep things the way they are. So if you have to be mean or if you have to disconnect, I think... Uh, that's okay. And if, 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 you know what, if you, if that doesn't reach them, then you're not the messenger that's supposed to reach them. But I don't think that if you have something you care about that you need to sugarcoat it or translate it in any way. Like I think the time for, yeah, the time for figuring out how to say something is over and they just, you know, they can shoot the messenger, I guess. There's a a phrase for that. It's called, let me Google that for you. Right. Yeah, I was talking to and I was talking to a different yeah. sibling and he brought up like how in this group test group text, the family text, like I was like a bully and yeah. I'm being too harsh. 
and I, and I laughed in spite of myself. And the laugh, like if it was a cartoon, you would see the words "fuck you" in the laugh that my brother knew he was wrong. And went, oh, okay. And I'm like, but then I keep going, like, did I? Was I too fucking harsh? You piece of shit. He's like, all right, all right. So again, yeah. I don't know if anything got through, but I do what I can. Uh, Abby on Twitter wrote, where's the video of celebrities calling themselves out for making videos before taking action? And I, yeah, I assume that's that. that's the um, the all white acting video where it's like, I vow to yeah. like they're going for honest to goodness Oscars. I Jesse Pinkman, especially with the prayer hands. I vow. And uh, Abby says, you know, um, how about you say, hey, I gave two this organization and i promise this will be the last video i make that draws attention to myself and away from what matters that's the video they could have made i say a good one i say abby that we we tell all those actors in that video that black and white video that they're all up for an oscar in fact <laughs> i say they won and then we see which douchebags accept the oscar Ooh. then <laughs> we can legally cancel them what do you think <laughs> yeah i um I, I don't think people were criticizing the intent. Everybody that took up arms for these people were like, hey, but they mean well. It's like nobody says that they mean well. They're criticizing the art and it landed wrong. It was like this right. feels tone deaf. It feels uh, inauthentic. And even if it feels authentic, it also seems too symbolic right now. It's like it's not as – and I, my favorite comment, and I couldn't find it, and I like I went down on Twitter because from whoever posted it originally, um, there were so many comments. I spent – one and a half hours looking for this one guy and he must have taken it down. Right. But I remember one woman in their defense said, well, you don't want them to be quiet, but then when they say something, mm -hmm. you don't want them to say how they say it. And the guy under her, he's a black man, or at least his profile pic was, goes, I didn't ask them to say shit. <laughs> right. right. I didn't say no one more words. Yeah. I didn't say Wonder Woman blew it, but could more celebrities try again? I, I really think that if they would have gotten this as a script and auditioned with it, everybody would have been canceled. This show wouldn't have been greenlit with their fucking ridiculous acting. If right. you were sincere, then you would have been sincere. And if you're not sincere, you acted very poorly. And we changed the channel. And then you went, but it's me doing the thing. And I, I had good intention. I'm like, yeah, you didn't do the thing that I want to watch. Bye. And also, if that's going to change their mind, this whole fear of like, well, don't put down allies when they make an effort. It's like if they are going to back down from some being dragged on Twitter, then they, their heart wasn't in it anyway. It's like, I think right. it's OK to laugh at yourself and say, OK, I missed the mark. Like, how many times do we go through it as comedians and just say, well, that didn't land the way I wanted it to. Also, so you know, go ahead and do the work. Right. You know what keeps landing bullets and people? This is not important. You're not landing your fucking audition for I'm the greatest person on Earth. I just, ever since we are the world, I feel like the whole thing jumped the shark. Like the concept of celebrities <laughs> showing empathy. Why do we keep trying? Sarah McLaughlin perfected it. Just uh, leave it be. <laughs> Absolutely right. right. You know, yeah, I, I see some celebrities, that, the ones that come off okay are the ones that are genuine. You know, Ron Perlman, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin of all people. But when you make it such a production, whether it's, you know, mm -hmm. in a simpler time, with COVID-19 and imagine there's no heaven. And then a heavier time with these actors being all dramatic. Simpler it's time. all fake. Yeah, that was a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. I, yeah, I, mean, that I, um, I agree. I think uh, it's 
I don't even care about it, honestly, to talk right. about it enough. It's kind of like, who, it wasn't for me. Whoever right. it was for, I'm sure it reached and everybody else wants to, you know, laugh about it, but there's still work to be done. So it's well, like, I'll tell you, yeah. I'll tell you who it was for. It was for me. And you're right. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but that video was for me. Uh, yeah, we all know that 75 year old Buffalo protester who was knocked to the ground. You know, his blood start, started coming out of his ears. He is not OK. He is unable to walk mm. and, and his skull is cracked. Mm. And, and then those police officers in the group, because two men were charged. Do you remember this? They all said we all quit. Which, yeah, which on would be great if they went officer. Oh, on behalf of the fellow officers, not in the good way. It's like, oh, if you, but I wonder if there's one guy there that's like, no, I quit in the good way. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's quitting like assholes. They're not really quitting. I'm trying to quit. <laughs> nah, you look like you're all together. Ah, damn it. Mm -hmm. um, at least 96 law enforcement agencies have deployed some form of tear gas during recent protests against police brutality, the most extensive domestic use of the agent against demonstrators in five decades. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in the army, and even though tear gas is banned in war, you could still use it here for riots. And in the, in the military, in boot camp, they make you be in a room and take it in without a mask so you know how horrible it is. Mm. It is. It is the it is the worst. Oh no, no, uh, excuse me. I like this story very much. First, because I usually we get a response when Keith goes, I was in the army. People go, Oh, um, you? And <laughs> second, they don't say thank you for your service. <laughs> no, they go, What? How did you not tell <laughs> jokes? I don't know. They explain to you how people are shooting at you. You pay attention. That's, it's very simple. So I love that. And then I love actually, Keith, uh, so they were you were in a huge tent, right? And they you know that the gas is coming or they just start gassing you. And what happened? Well, um, what happens during boot camp is, you know, you have your mask, you know, you're walking into a room full of gas. You take off the mask. Uh, the drone structures with masks laugh at you. And then you have to single file, have your composure and walk out. Mm. And people people of course, start pushing and stuff. And so the drill instructor mm. makes you go slower and then you go vomit all over. The, you vomit all over outside when you're finally out. Uh, then one day we were in a you, you go out basically camping and you're in a tent as if you were in Vietnam or something. And then all of a sudden, as a surprise, you knew it was coming because you heard stories of other classes. But uh, just one night, they just throw in tear gas into your tent and then as everybody's sleeping. Oh, oh, no. To see how fast you can react or to see if you can react to make sure you can you can grab your rifle instead of just run out. Also, mm. to make sure that this isn't the first time that you're in such an experience so that you're not a novice about it. Like you might be tear gassed. So see if you can remember this feeling and calm down. Right. right. I assume. Yeah. And I happen to be in the very back of the tent and I'm like, oh, no, when if tonight's the night. This is bad news. But when it did come, I realized I can lift the back of the tent up and roll yeah, out. Yeah, and sneak out. Genius. Yeah. yeah. Well, I so think there's no anticipating it sounds like being made to watch Uncut Gems or The Hurt Locker or something. Like you're always <laughs> right. on edge. Right. <laughs> sounds hard. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Widespread use of tear gas has incited pushback. Seattle and Dallas has temporarily barred police officers officers from using it while lawmakers in Massachusetts and New Orleans are calling for full bans. Research suggests that tear gas could amplify the spread of the coronavirus. Of course it could. It's a powder, but you mix it with a liquid. Then 
then you, you know, it can explode and whatnot. That's droplets. That's going to carry this virus for what it is. Of course it wow. is. Never, and, and also it's flammable. It's, it's what burned down Waco. Mm. Tear gas. It's, it's, it's deadly. Not just, not just, ooh, my, my eyes are running. Uh, they also do it, from what I saw in video, in such close proximity. Like, you, it, yeah. it's meant to, meant to. But I, I, I feel like the idea is just in case there is a riot and you really need to all of a sudden calm people down. But they, they shoot it like, like a father who got, like, you know, his seven-year-old's uh, super soaker and is like, ah, I got it, I got it. And it's just like, right. you know, just yeah. because well, certainly can. people are pepper spraying very close, at close range as well. Oh, so, oh, yeah, I'm, it seems like the use of any of these tools is not being done with a lot of responsibility. And these cops are dying to use it. They love it. They finally got to get a chance. How many videos are coming out now where the peaceful protesters with hands up, to be clear, mm-hmm. not that they have to. They're just showing, hey, let me be clear. I'm, I'm making a point here that the officer comes over, takes off their Corona mask and starts spraying mm-hmm. their eyes and mouth like you. You got mm-hmm. off on that. Remember, kind of, I told that story where I was living with a roommate, two roommates, two roommates. The roommates ended up fighting each other. It got to the point that cops had to come over. A cop comes over and the guy that started the fight ran in his bed as if he was going to act like he's sleeping. Cops come (laughs) in, drag him out. uh, And like he's really resisting. White guy for what it's worth. Uh, He's alive. So white guy. And uh, and they (laughs) they have to hold him on the ground while the paddy wagon comes in. And they definitely have him under control. An officer comes late to the scene, has his pepper spray and goes, can I? And oh. another officer goes, no, Bob. As if Bob just keeps asking in every situation. <laughs> How about that? No, it's jaywalking Bob. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll I feel be over like here. The, the cops who are, who are at these uh, rallies and at these protests if they went by um, paintball rules on a paintball field, they would all be kicked out. And that's mm-hmm. not as dangerous as the weapons that they mm. have. You can't behave like that, even in a controlled fun environment. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, the the bodega, the neighborhood deli that George Floyd um, used that $20 bill that ended up uh, you know, being counterfeit. Who knows if he knew or not, as if that matters, as if that's the punishment, death. But anyway, they're opening up again. It's called Cups Foods. But man, there's got to be a lot of people that hate you. Yeah. Even if you weren't wrong, even if you're like, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to call the cops. Like, even if you, the deli's not wrong. That's that, you know. um, It's tainted. It's it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to want to go in where at the site. It's almost, yeah, what is it like? Uh, Yeah, I can't think of a good metaphor anyway. Back to what you said. (laughs) The newspapers agree. Oh, I like how you threw it back, though. Right. <laughs> you know what? I'll let Keith say it. Go ahead, Keith. <laughs> uh, the newspapers on the rack were three weeks old. The last editions between before Floyd's death began to dominate front pages. Now, this is clever of this little deli. Don't put up to date newspapers in the deli and nobody <laughs> will put it together. <laughs> uh, well, you're here to put them on blast. <laughs> I think people should know. Oh, I feel like it's a historic landmark. That's the metaphor I'm trying to think of, of like, you know, Pecos Bill died here or whatever. It's like whenever right. something has happened, everything around it becomes historic. So it's kind of like they're going to figure it out soon. Uh, New York City is disbanding the police department's anti-crime unit. Those are the plainclothes officers. There's, I think there's like 600 of these plainclothes officers. They're going to put them in regular suits now. 
Uh, but they, they're responsible for two thirds of all the murders. So these guys that love being undercover in those sports jerseys, they're the, they're the craziest killers out there. You mean they're, they're putting them in uniforms, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. So, I thought in suits, so they're more visible, like, so they can't they can't kill discreetly anymore. They have to kill right. overtly now. Right. I remember we were talking about that band Lady Antebellum, and they realized, oh, I see, it's not a good name. It comes from yeah. this antebellum period of uh, mainly in the architecture that happened mm-hmm. to be right before the uh, Civil War. So they changed mm-hmm. the name to Lady A. Now I don't know how they mm-hmm. explain how they got to that. If anybody asks, but okay. Turns out (laughs) (laughs) that there is a black blues singer who goes by the name Lady A. She's been going by it for 20 years, and she says, this is my life. They're using the name because of a Black Lives Matter incident that, for them, is just a moment in time. I'm 61 years old. I have Mm. multiple records. This le- and I'm not this- just making it worse. Just making, just it, making worse. it worse. The lady at the Bellum Trio, they're at home going like, mother fucker. They should have just changed it to Lady A word because it's like right. you're you're trying to you're trying to subtly introduce a slur back to our minds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they should do Lady Aces. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm going to play a clip that at the end. That sounds like of- a zoot suit band. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the show, I'm going to play this clip. You might have seen gone viral. Uh, this woman, Stacy, she was a cop in Georgia for 15 years. She went to a McDonald's. She paid for it in advance. She says she was upset because uh, her egg McMuffin didn't come out. She got the meal, but they gave her the coffee. And then she was scared. Mm. What's happening with my egg McMuffin? I assume it's being poisoned. <laughs> oh, no. And she videotaped herself saying this in her car and put this two minute video out of how the world's out of control. She can't believe she's being treated like this. Treated like what? You probably got the coffee you can sip on while they make your sandwich. It's McDonald's. <laughs> they didn't get your pre-order right. OK. Heightened paranoia. Yeah. I showed Xerxes this video, but I didn't explain it. He goes, what am I watching? I'm like, yeah, let's just look at this. And I had already seen it. And it was so ridiculous. I was like, am I making it to the end? And not even halfway through, he goes, are we really watching it? What the fuck is this? It was so great. And then I started feeling bad. Like, why are we watching this? It was the most ridiculous thing. And to that woman who's so scared, who has a badge and a gun and somebody could be messing with food, isn't that yours to investigate now? Should you maybe call you have nine the power? Right. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, like, what should we do if it happens? Do we call the cops or are you going to cry when you get there? Right. Is she, she was crying call- in the video. Is she oh, going to call the cops? Yeah, she can't believe video. it. I just saw that Egg McMuffin was trending and I didn't that's know why. why. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Officer Karen McMuffin. So... <laughs> But yeah, Karen, so- isn't it protocol to ask for the manager? You sat in your car and you cried on video. You thought you should, if you can't take that anxiety, I don't know what to tell you. But that's the whole, isn't that the mental state of a lot of people? And that's the problem. It's like, if, if, you, needed, if you needed a clearer symbol of people not being in the right mind when they're on duty, it's a heightened state of... Yeah alertness that's not healthy to be prolonged daily, oh abby daily. we we missed we missed a very very important aspect and she said i woke up early and you know i haven't eaten in a while so karen doesn't know how to manage her time as a police officer either she doesn't know how to get hangry and fucking figure it out so your food issue can throw you off 
So no wonder you're shooting at people. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot. For some, for you, Snickers. That's the end. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's a, it's I tried to. For Snickers. I didn't yeah. eat all day. I tried to. That's just what my egg McMuffin. They've got you a know, free commercial right there. If, if it right. didn't have the cross promotion of McDonald's in it, they could have just had her tears and then put the Snickers yes, right over yes, it. Right. They should. So, she's, so she's definitely feeling attacked. And like Kendra's saying, but now she's out there with a gun. So there's a mm. she's not part of the community. She knows the com mm. community is after her. Oh, you know what she's really telling us is that what cops really need is little baggies of snacks. And then maybe they don't lose their shit and fucking cry on camera and post it. I really do. I just have my coffee. And they don't have lives because you shoot at them, you fucking moron. Right. You can't deal with your hunger. I hope you don't have children because you know that they have to eat several times a day also. You couldn't manage your schedule enough that McDonald's was going to sustain the rest of your day. Let's not even begin to talk about why that's a thing. But Right. The, the yeah. low-tolerance brain convenience. Kemda is not having it, Keith. Right. And and look who's look who's nervous. I never seen a cop walk on the street look nervous, but I tried to order the number three meal. <laughs> What's uh, uh, give me a break? Every McDonald's worker is more brave than every single cop. How about that? <laughs> I'll call time. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, here's uh, let's see. Dep P D E P D E B P on Twitter says, heartbreaking. I weep for the America we've lost. <laughs> Wow. wow. Thank you. Her name is Stacy. The cop's name is Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. And I know true patriots join me in praying for you and all of our hardworking police officers and first responders. Again, I'll play the whole clip at the end of the show. No, you don't deserve this. Hashtag back the blue. OK, I would like to point out that I'm not even kidding if this was a two year old with the same message. So if you hear it, hear it once with, you know, Karen voice and hear the second time as a two-year-old and see what you would do for that two-year-old. You'd probably take him for a nap. You'd probably mm -hmm. just feed him a little bit or just, you know, just kind of like rock him. You're a fucking cop. And this is one meal that actually mm -hmm. didn't really get fucked up. You just waited a little bit longer. Yeah, she said, mm -hmm. she gave, you'll hear, but she says, uh, I got my coffee and I said, what about my McMuffin? And they didn't have it yet. So I said, just forget it. It's too much right now. You, and you have a gun. You pass the test. What are in these fucking cop tests? <laughs> you ordered food. They you have to wait now. What's probably the reason? And then it's a little essay. The <laughs> That would be a good little test, yeah. a little written essay test. I think uh, the America that that woman, that Deb P reaps for that's lost is the one in her head. You know, like right. my dream is shattered. Yeah. Uh, the world I thought I knew is not here anymore. It uh, never this, was. Right. This person, John, says she thinks fast food workers have time to delay her order intentionally <laughs> as if they aren't constantly being micromanaged or that they can even keep track of who had a single egg McMuffin. Right. Uh, yeah, they give them. Yeah, fuck. who is getting this? It's not. If you understood the chain of command in fast food, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know that it's not that easy. Right, and that she took the video in uniform and put the put it. I I worked when I was in my hometown. 
I think we should dock her pay for that time because you were being a crybaby and not a police officer. I I would say I would work at uh, chain restaurants in my hometown. So there's not many places to go. So you end up bringing dates to where you work. You're not allowed Mm -hmm. to be on a date or be with friends in your work uniform because you might do or say something that doesn't represent King's Family Restaurant. Mm -hmm. But this person's in a cop uniform. <laughs> oh my god, your family. Oh my god. And they play by different rules. I hope your husband's fucking a firewoman. I really do. First of all, they do all their cooking. I see them in the grocery store all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cute to see like four or five firemen. They all like, you know, shop in groups with their uniform, like half on. It's so cute. If there's a kid in the supermarket and they're like, their fucking dream, just walk through the door and they're losing their minds. There's just like firemen where I am. We have to talk to them. (laughs) So cute. Uh, Robert Monroe points out. Yeah, but these fast food workers should definitely lose their pensions in excessive overtime. It's only that damn McDonald's Benevolent Association Union that didn't protect (laughs) out of control fast food workers. If only that didn't. Sarcasm. Strong with that one. Nice. Uh, uh, Here's one. If waiting extra long for a McGriddle makes Stacy cry, just wait until she finds out what her fellow officers have been doing to black folks. I want that video, too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they never once cried. <laughs> right, once cried. I never seen crying in all these videos. And for a week or two, I watched it live. I saw no crying. But this fucking. M- First of all, she made peace with they didn't have the McGriddle. She had to go McMuffin. That's a. <laughs> you. And by the way, officer, don't even show on video you eat that shit. <laughs> Holy cow. If oh, it only fun. had been a Chick-fil-A, I don't think it would have been, but if only it has been. <laughs> right, right. I'd yeah. be happy. I, I saw fast food chains I need to see taken down. Did you hear the story of uh, here in New York, a Shake Shack? Three officers got milkshakes. Who has the time? But anyway, they got milkshakes and they were convinced that somebody tried to kill them and put bleach in the shakes. So wow. they made that they made that a big deal. Wow, they're really good investigative investigators that's really great well you know what then you may never ever file to be a detective because you're a fucking idiot you you i really like yeah this theme of (laughs) this is they're in the wrong line of work right right uh so they figure out that that they must have been poisoned they look back and they go you know what i noticed the milkshake smelled like bleach and had some kind of lumps inside them now this never happened. And I, I actually did shit in the milkshake. But uh, this <laughs> and, and so I know what I'm talking about. This never fucking happened. You can't even if everybody hates cops now, you're not going to find three normal people in a, that were hired by Shake Shack. Go, oh, great. We should kill them with bleach. <laughs> and, and then you smell you're like, it kind of smells like bleach. But I'll wait until the end until I'm throwing up. Well, what if, what if it was? You know, because shit does happen, um, as we see with our expert Keith Malley today. Yes. Um, and and shit does happen, but but you that means you're called to it. Like you're the cop that we would be calling because somebody poisoned our milkshake. What right. happens now? You contact the news? No. Well, they talk to each other, they go, What would we normally do now? Shoot them. 
Right. What's the it protocol? Seems, <laughs> it seems like a tense time right now. We were told shoot less today. Specifically, remember the sergeant said shoot less. It's a fucking thing, and hopefully this will pass. Uh, it's the cops that are crying discrimination. Uh, poor fucking people. Then it turns out nothing was wrong. If anything, maybe some some uh, cleaning fluid was in the shake machine, but nobody found anything wrong after a big investigation. Wow. You're right. You, you, can't, you, you don't get to file to be a detective. You Your know skills what's great? are done. Those milkshakes were investigated more than some of these people's lives. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's oh, a, we got to get down to the bottom of this. This tasted funny. Has this milk gone bad or are you trying to kill me? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how about uh, Brianna Taylor? We're working on milkshakes today. <laughs> uh, yes, the Brianna Taylor police report said she wasn't harmed at all, but eight police bullets were inside her. We're focusing on milkshakes. I don't have all day. Oh, I love all a- the points covered. I can't add to them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's my ears are turning. I say, yeah, nothing's coming. <laughs> That's the sweetest was, thing I ever heard. It was beautifully done. <laughs> <laughs> I like the commentary. I think that adds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to talk about comedian Chris D'Elia. Yeah, Everybody, why not? You guys following the news? Uh, he was He's a comedian. He was in uh, season two of that TV show, You. you. And you know that TV show, You. You got the guy, and he just loves people so much. Of age people, just to be clear. But uh, he falls in love quick and then has to kill everybody around them. Also, he has super-duper hearing, where he can spy on the girl he's into across a crowded club. He just has to be able to look at you around the corner. And you'll never be able to spot him because he has a blue hat. And that covers energy. And even if he's what is this show, if even if this guy is stalking you in your own home, you wouldn't feel him right around the corner, even behind you, because he's got this blue cap of silence, if you will. And this is OK. Abby, it's worth it's worth seeing. It's um, OK. It's, it's a mystery sort of thing. Um, oh, OK. Yeah. You're, and he's just pointing out uh, loopholes or plot holes. The that plot. Don't, yeah. It's, yeah, it's that insults fun. our intelligence. Okay. It, it's fun, but it's goddamn ridiculous. It's it gets uh how they say goofy. It, it definitely gets, gets goofy. <laughs> and and you stretch it, your yeah, sense of disbelief. But <laughs> there's something about it that really, especially in the beginning, really catches you. So it's okay. worth a look. Yeah. So okay, the comedian uh, Chris D'Elia is a is a side character or he is the main character. He was a side character. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's a comedian, which he mm-hmm. is in real life. And He's a pedophile. He takes pictures of underage girls. And the guy, the main character, who's a creep, he still has his own version of morality. And he ends up killing Chris. Okay. uh, His character. Um, It's interesting to me that his character ends up being so dead on to his real personality that he's he's grooming girls uh, to the age of 14. Through his comedy. Yes. How did the story break with one tweet? From a yeah, victim? With, w- okay. with one tweet seen- and then multiple. And then a bunch of cascading agreement. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. what I saw. I just wasn't sure if it was linked to a news story or if it was um, be- right. prompted by a video of his. You know, you never know when mm. someone is. A lot of people have been coming out about microaggressions at work because some celebrity has said or some brand has said, we stand against this. And then a yeah. wave of people are like, actually, 
So he didn't start this himself. Uh, no. Someone someone came out and told the truth, and then everybody else started agreeing. Well, maybe he did start it himself. It is. I took time, but it is odd that he goes, "Yes, I would." Like, is he just laughing at us? I will play somebody that tries to fuck fourteen-year-olds. Like that is that is. I mean, already it's horrible, but this is beyond the word psychotic. This is laughing at you. This is. This is Louis C.K. already in trouble and then doing a Woody Allen, Woody Allen type movie where his character and I saw this in the in the trailers where his character yeah. talks about wanting to fuck underage girls. Yeah, well, Woody Allen does that in his films anyway. It's yeah. like they already they, their art comes from the truth of themselves to a degree. And the more the successful they are, the more emboldened they feel to keep sharing with you. So but it's but so interesting it? because it's all brand. Crystalia did not write this character, but he plays. And I, I didn't know about any of this. I didn't even know that that was Crystalia as the comic. I'm just, you know, bad with names, bad with celebrities. So when this broke and then Keith told me that that's the character on you, I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly the stuff that the news is saying is his character. How would you even choose that role? Why would it choose you? How did they find you? Why did you get that? And I never... I never really equate that stuff. You did that character and you're that person. But this was like really weird, really bizarre. And to, to accept that job and, and be like, yeah, I'm comfortable in this. So weird. Yeah. Also, how does this news break? Because I, I didn't hear anything about this. I don't really know much about him. But in the response to it, because, of course, it's on Twitter right away. It's, um, oh, I never thought, uh, it, very funny responses. But basically people knew. People knew that this was happening, but all of a sudden it comes to light out of this, you know, explosion. So, Keith, right. you tell us what happened. Well, first of all, I want to know who the next best kept secret is, because right. it, it seems everybody knows. I didn't know about well, that. Yeah, I don't think it's cool to admit that you knew, because then you just right. sound like you were sitting on protecting yeah. other people and you decided against it because it was inconvenient for you. Yeah. So I think more people, the sentiment shared is like, he rubbed me the wrong way or right. he seemed creepy or he was off putting to me. It's kind of like when they were already able to speak against him for being hacky. I've heard past criticism of him, you know, yeah. being gifted by nepotism, you know, that kind of thing. Then now they feel justified in that so they can continue with that narrative. But I don't, right. I would be shocked at seeing like anybody that comes out and is like, yep, finally came out. I thought somebody would say it. It's like, why did you say it? Right. I like when Ricky Gervais was at, I don't know what last he always says what the Emmys he said right. he had some joke that fell so flat but he's like you just all laughed at the Harvey Weinstein joke when everybody in this room thought it was okay mm. that he did it for years like he just turned it right, right. back on them and the laugh went to zero and I'm like <laughs> right right oh well okay yes calm hey I was like what do you want me to laugh at the Golden Globes or not Ricky Jesus <laughs> they're so one. confused by him got, they're so confused I got a regular <laughs> fucking Nanette up in there all right uh, by the way, uh, Chris, I didn't really know his stand up. I say it like he's like he's dead, but maybe he is. Right. Uh, but he reminded me. He, he did remind. He seemed very hacky. He reminded me of Dane Cook, where words didn't matter. It's just, you know, these act outs. Then I remember Dane Cook has uh, he's 46 and was dating a 19 year old. So I'm like, hmm, interesting that I compared it. But let's focus on Chris right now, shall we? <laughs> so now I do some research like, all right, let me see what Chris's stand up is. And I see the promo. You don't feel stupid. Like, that's a, a woman of age, but you don't feel stupid. Right. I remember being 19. You're old to me at 19. And I'm very special and an old soul. And that's why you're choosing me. But just so we all are very clear, I'm familiar 
that you're old and this is weird. How does it not get, what do you have to, 19 year olds, you're fantastic. I was, it was a great time at 19 and whatever you're doing, wonderful. But like, what are you talking to a 19 year old about? And you're not good in bed. (laughs) You're not good in bed. It's about romance. Well, that's why I think it's, it's, you're not mentally developed what, until you're 21 or something. So it's 25. like, you're okay. 25. And it's, um, especially if, if you're being preyed upon by someone who's skilled at this and they have a type that they like to pick out, they look for people who respond to certain overrunning of boundaries, inappropriate behavior. Like you get groomed essentially by them dropping little seed crumbs. And if you pick them up, then they're like, Oh good. You probably come from a broken home or, you know, they prey upon someone's vulnerabilities who hasn't healed yet from past trauma. And then they're like, well, I will continue my trauma with you. And so it's, it's not just someone's age. It's, it's them being singled out and being honed in on. And they, they who don't have a habit of seeking out abusers, they are just, you know, always looking for, I would say like someone to rescue them from that. This is a gross generalization. So if anyone is a victim of abuse, you know, definitely speak out in the, whatever you guys is your fans, the forum. But I would say, I don't put the onus on the kid to see through it or to know better. I, of course. They're trying to make sense of it. And so, yeah, they, they ignore their gut that says, well, this person's old and a bunch of old people don't usually hit on me. Instead, they go, wow, I must really be special or this oh, is romantic. No, fully. Or, I agree with you because, you know, I've, I've always liked that. As soon as I but got I at boobs, 19 also felt like yeah. I knew everything I needed to know. And I was wrong, but I felt like it. Of course, it so, made yeah. sense that this 40-something-year-old man was attracted to me because I know what young means in this country. And I know that, like, right. you know, and, and I know that I am interesting because I do this, that, and the next. It it doesn't occur to me, but it but still you're old. Just so you know, as the old person, we still see That's you the as red old. Flag. We still right. see you. And it's not, it's not even a red flag to me. It's just, I'm an old soul and I'm just fantastic as a 19 year old. This is what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know what the par is because I've never been 46, but you know what 19 is and you know, and just so you know, you're old. Well, the good news is we can be monogamous. And then when I die, you can have a whole new life, you know, like the beginning of yours. (laughs) That'd be fun for you. And you can date whoever you want again. And it'll be totally on the up and up. I already have a hard time understanding 40-year-olds that fall in love with 70-year-olds. So just age gaps in general. I was upset because, and I saw no one talking about this on Twitter, but there was an ad for a new Kevin Bacon film. And I admire his work, but he's 61 and Amanda Seyfried was his love interest. And she's, I had to look it up, 34. And I was like, it's still, they're both consenting adults in my mind. Like it could work, but it still is like, you're not talking about the same things. And he's entering a stage in his life where he needs a different kind of care than you do. Like, are you prepared to work together on that? I don't know. I have. I want I, 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 to try and do, uh, you know, be completely awake. I saw Rosewood, the movie and Ving Rhames is character. Like the, the, the town is trying to get him with the 17 year old and you know what's going to happen. She makes a point that he's 17. And I'm like, I don't think that has anything to do with this movie. So why do you have to tell me that? <laughs> he's, he's I know he's the I've good guy. So. It. So why is that important? And it rubbed me wrong. Anyway, so I'm looking up Chris and he has a Netflix special called No Pain. And in the trailer, just the joke that he happens to pick to put out there is talking about how on the iPhone, you uh, if anybody else has th- that phone and they have, um, what's it called? Not Wi-Fi, the other one? Bluetooth. Uh, hot, hot Bluetooth. Spot. 
Bluetooth, then I could just send you a picture and you have no fucking control over it. So here's my asshole. Ha ha, stranger. That's the joke. And I'm like, mm, that's a weird coincidence. I saw that today. You can just force that on him. Okay. And so then I look at his Twitter and, uh, and he's one of these assholes who his pinned tweet is, I'm not sorry for any of the jokes I've ever made in my life. I don't give a fuck what you think about it. Figure your own shit out if your feelings are hurt. And I'm like, I know you now. I, I just figured out who you are. Whether mm-hmm. that's an innocuous statement or not, I, I come. I know it's. I know what you're saying. Well, we know we can't argue with you now. It's like we, you know, we all want to see the best in someone, but you know, uh, the cart came already and the horse was there. Right. I don't know, you know. And then uh, t- mm-hmm. ten years ago, a tweet that he said he typed today. I'm planning a. I'm playing a pedophile for a new show on Comedy Central. A pedophile. So career over, he says. You seem to seek these parts out. You was last year. <laughs> you know, I'm not finding necessarily old tweets. And by the way, these women that I'll tell you about, uh, th- this was very recently as well as uh, some time ago. But I'm not. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm not a psychologist. And that's why I can't I can't like draw the connect the dots with all the coincidences. I just right. didn't go. Wow, that's really weird. But I'm <laughs> sure there's right. a reason behind the choice of the role, <laughs> the insistence on publicizing it. Maybe it's like this idea that like, well, I can't possibly be it if I'm talking about it openly. Mm. I don't know. Like some misdirection. I don't know. Maybe like the like the people who vote against gay marriage when they are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stand up comedian Chris D'Elia has been accused of sexual harassment and misconduct, including solicitating nude photos from minors by a growing list of women this week. On June 16th, where this is recorded on the 17th, a woman on Twitter named Simone Rossi began a thread by referencing D'Elia's role in you saying, I can't believe Netflix cast Chris D'Elia as the pedophile in season two of you like the literal irony. Rossi followed it up with several rounds of email screenshots between her and the standup when she was 16 years old, which shows D'Elia asking Rossi to meet up after his live shows, as well as asking for photos for the longest time. She says, I thought it was embarrassing for me that I was interacting Mm. with this older man. But he was the one who DM me on Twitter. Yeah, he was the one who DM me on Twitter and was the one who was twice my age and was the one that used the power imbalance between us to his advantage. So fuck Chris D'Elia. In another tweet, Rozzy says that D'Elia was aware that she was in high school while communicating with her, considering my entire Instagram was high school football games and spirit days. Well, you know what? Like, that's because there's so much stuff in high school I forgot. So if I could have somebody remind me that George Washington had slaves because they just learned it, I'd be like, that's a fun (laughs) fact. Uh, Rossi's tweet prompted more women to speak out about their alleged encounters with D'Elia in some cases while they were underage. Although I've been, quote, although I've been publicly saying it for years, fuck Chris D'Elia. He solicited nudes off me when I was 17 years old and constantly messaged me whenever he was touring Vancouver and asked me to come backstage to the shows. I am so this is another woman. I'm so surprised that multiple girls are coming out with almost the same exact story as mine. It's a known fact that he's a fucking perv and he plays those roles perfectly when he's acting. The allegations against Dalia continued on the, on the popular Twitter account. She rates dogs R A T E S dogs, which shared multiple screenshots of anonymous women sharing similar stories. So they have the receipts. One woman alleged mm-hmm. that her interactions with Dalia took place when she was 14 and in middle school, middle school, Another that Dalia used an 18 year old woman's nudes in an attempt to blackmail her. Now, it's Whitney. 
And now, I, let me be clear, I'm not blaming her, but it's Whitney Cummings that I think made him famous. He was her boyfriend in the show that was called Whitney that ran two seasons. I bring this up because Whitney took a picture of something and accidentally showed her nip. And then somebody wrote to her like, I know you took it down, but I have it. I'm going to blackmail you. So mm -hmm. she goes, she goes, you know what? All right, everybody, here's my tits. Fuck off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, now Whitney has to hear the story about that's what Chris is doing. Blackmailing young, even younger girls. Mm -hmm. How did he, I didn't understand the blackmail part. He would, he'd ask, Hey, um, you know, we're flirting. Let me have these pictures. Then you go, I don't want to do this anymore. You're being too weird. Like, no, not only are we going to keep doing it, you're having sex with me or I'm going to show people your <gasps> Oh my God. Uh, this, this, is person's a, this is a full grown adult. He's had yeah. two lifetimes over them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's 40 years old now. Chris D'Elia sexually assaulted my sister, this person says, back in 2014 when she was 17. She went out mm -hmm. to LA and met him. He then kept giving her alcohol until she was basically unconscious and had <gasps> sex with her. That mm. that's what you was the the show. Yeah, that's the you show. Yeah, yeah, that's the plot. That's the plot. That's oh his, my gosh! No, that's his. That's his part of the plot. That is his yeah. section of that show. Well, it's an mo. I mean, obviously, it's something a writer would write from life. Like you've heard of it, but but, but literally, it's this this woman's uh, sister is underage, right. and he tries to uh, get her to drink in his house. I mean, it's the exact story that somebody wrote. Do you, do you think the writers for you wrote the scenes? And then Chris said, hey, trust me, that's not what he would say. What he would say is <laughs> and that he gets good news. He gets a writing credit. Bad news or another theory I like is that the Raiders of you are trying to out Chris because they heard stories and they go, hey, what if you play a comic that's a pedophile? And Chris is like. Maybe a musician that's a pedophile. No, 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 no. That wouldn't like you. You never saw him do stand up. I don't think in that show. I don't remember it anyway. So it's not important to the plot. Yeah, could have his job could have been anything. It was Hollywood comedian. I wish. I think this. I think this should put the end to method acting once and right. for all. Yeah, that's enough. It's enough prep. Uh, here's here's uh, if we could just move forward in a little way, then that would happen. Yes. Right. Uh, here's a different one. Oh my God! Like six years ago, Chris D'Elia tried to fly a girl I worked with from Canada to LA to stay with him and hook up. She was 18, so not un underage, but he used her nudes to blackmail her when she said she didn't want to go. Oh my God! When I, here's and another, what? and then and then they went. I I don't know. I just I, these are just they're just coming in now. Right. Uh, here's another one. When I was in middle school, Chris was a real creeper. I thought he was cool when he messaged me and I was freaking. Then he asked me if I had ever been to a comedy show, which I hadn't since I was 14. He told me he could get me backstage, quote, if I did him a favor. Only got worse from there and I ignored him, but always kind of felt like it was my fault for answering and not telling him my age, despite it being pretty obvious in my pictures. Seeing your tweet made me realize I shouldn't be guilty. So thank you. Wow. Mm -hmm. this yeah, is poor so kids many. always make it about their fault. You know, right. like when your parents get divorced, it's like, why, how did I cause this? Um, but yeah, it's strange. I think uh, if there's any more evidence that this is a power move, like I hate when people want to boil it down to fetish or sexual preference. And it's like, no, he wants to yeah. feel powerful over people. He chooses children, kids. And mm -hmm. then when they don't do what he wants, he continues the power move by like threatening blackmail. I mean, that sounds. Yeah. Uh, That's this intense. That doesn't even sound sexy. 
So not that not no, only you're I'm, not into it, Abby. <laughs> not your fetish of choice. Okay, we'll mark you down for no. I would. I mean, I would. I like to see these people argue that it's still about sex after that kind of move. That is right. no sense. Now and I'm a going real killer. And I'm going crazy in this quarantine. And still, I don't find that anything appealing about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you, Chris D'Elia. This person, Meg, says you solicited nudes from minors while you were in Vancouver and you tried to fuck my friend when we were 16. And then I called you out on Twitter. You told her you'd ruin her life if I didn't delete it. Absolute pedophile scumbag. Mm. Here's this, another this is the oddest one of the oddest parts is that there's so many. There's no discretion. There's no uh I could get caught. There's you know what I mean? Like there's no there's no if, end if to it, it. If it is not broke, you don't fix it. I think it must have worked over and over again, this this method. Yeah. But also where how do you double down on it? Like how would he carry this out? I, Chris Delia, am unveiling. Right. I mean, I guess you could send images anonymously from an email, but he's the one that has them. So all a person has to do is say, yeah, you got those from a comedian, Chris D'Elia. And the parent goes, okay, well, let's have him arrested. I mean, right. like, I really don't see him following through on this threat. When he stayed at my hotel two years ago, another one, he called for help with his AC unit and then exposed himself to the women who went to help. Then tried to get her to come back to the room. If you see this post, please, and you want to leave anonymous things, blah, blah, blah. Uh, here's one. I was on spring break and Chris D'Elia tried to fuck a girl staying with us and screaming no until people broke in and escorted his ass out. Wow. That's all they did. Uh, this person says, I'm going to explain my interactions with Chris D'Elia a little more in depth. I must have been 15 or 16 at the time. I admired his comedy and watched him on NBC's Whitney. This was almost a decade ago. I forgot it even happened because I didn't process that it did. Uh, let alone how fucked up it was. So I'm dreaming of a career in comedy at the time and an avid fan of his texted him asking for career advice. He said he would in exchange for nudes. I was taken aback by it. I was flattered that one of my favorite comics was going to help me and found me attractive. So I ended up exchanging photos. It felt weird and I felt validated by him. I followed up and asked him for the career advice he said he'd give me. He simply stopped responding to which mm. I got angry and told him I felt used. Mm. Only when I texted him stating that he was an asshole for using a 15 or 16 year old girl, did he get nervous and respond and give me the advice I so longed for in the first place. I stopped texting him altogether and repressed everything that happened. What is the mm. advice? Words don't yeah. matter. Jump around on stage. What, what could the advice be? The advice is get the advice first and nudes after. What is it? Yeah, get a rich dad <laughs> in the business. It sounds like I don't know what the advice is. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, he has a podcast called Congratulations, and it's up to date, meaning the last one came out Thursday or Friday. So there is one due. Does it come out regularly? Because I'm subscribed now. Not going to lie. And uh, like, does he say, mm, you know what? Uh, I can't really. I want to address what's happened, but I kind of already have this episode banked. I usually do them on a Sunday, Monday and release them on a Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I hope you understand. But anyway, his- Brooklyn and are the best sheets. <laughs> Who's he to? Isn't he linked? I saw someone in those th- in that thread say, "I wonder what Rogan's going to say about this." And like a, a collection of people that are part of his crew. I don't know why Rogan's part of his crew. Like right. I don't know what that meant. Did they all tour together once? I don't know. Maybe but, he visited um, the show. Yeah. But I have a feeling if he does make a public statement and it's not with the help of a PR person, then it's going to be to plea his case in a environment where he feels safe, such as Joe Rogan's show. I say, I vow 
I've learned like when you find out the, video. <laughs> when you find out that the ages go down to 14 so far, so far, mm-hmm. but uh, the pictures, it's like, yeah, anybody that wants a collection of pictures terrifies me because of a pedophile ring that investigators have to like break into. Right. And that's I mean, what that, that's and I what only the, know it from horrible shows like SV, like I say horrible right. now, but I mean like ce- celebratory cop protagonist shows like SVU. Right. Which I never had an issue with until uh, Black Lives Matter protests began happening. Uh, you know what? I'm me sorry, too. It's so long. Me too. It took Andrew to tell me. You know what? Now I'm looking at it like it's morality porn. <laughs> A little shows. bit. Like there's yeah. just anyway. So uh, so yeah. Back to that. Just thinking about pedophile rings and the fact that this exists, and we want to reduce it to just these people that live in the sewer or the shadows. And it's like no, oh, it's it's people that have the house next to you, and it's also guy that made you laugh on stage last night so yes so people now they show clips from that podcast called congratulations and you know one clip i saw is like yeah really there's hollywood out there big pedophile ring and they're just passing pictures to each other really that's really happening it's like motherfucker you're doing it so it might be happening there's one there's a clip i heard where he i just heard these today where he says there's no such thing as a 14 year old anymore these guys you're 14 years old you look 30 it's like, motherfucker, get a co-host. Oh. <laughs> well, I definitely, he may be speaking to over-sexualization of children in the media, which I do okay. think is a problem. I, I took exception to how uh, our, what's her name? Ariana Grande was dressed and singing breathy when she hadn't, you know, right. finished puberty yet. Like, I thought that was very strange. And how about Britney? This is so funny because I mentioned Britney Spears because I that's my last reference. That, but, but she was mm-hmm. 16. But when I think about it, at 16, I danced like that. I had that much sexuality. That is what a 16-year-old is. It's just weird on a platform with so many but followers. But do you find yourself uh, sexually attractive? Here's the exception I took to Britney at that age because I feel like I was close to that age at the time. Was um, I would never choose this schoolgirl fantasy because I didn't know about it. I didn't watch porn. It's like, if I was going to choose an outfit that made me feel sexy, if that's a word I would use to describe myself to that age, it would not be that because it, it just felt like everything about her that was supposedly sexy was put on her. And I feel the same way about a lot of pop. I would, like, I would do, do that. Do they get to pick their own outfits or not? No, Go they ahead. don't. But I, I, I would, I, I had a uh, plaid skirt, um, you know, when, when I could get one, when my mom, like, you know, it's also her parents allowing her to do this, but, um, I was that sexual. I did want that kind of attention, but that's 16, that's 16, 17, 18. I want it by my peers. You know what I mean? And so it's that grown adults were like, Ooh, I can't wait until she turns 18. It's, it's that we call a 16 year old, our major fantasy for the country. It's not her. It's this is how we view 16 year olds in this country and in other countries, I'm sure also. But it's I, I, and I don't know what to do about that, because that's there, there are many sides to a 16 year old and constantly wearing a plaid course. skirt is not. No, one of them. And that's my that's my like, you know, like, where's the room for her to also curl up on a couch and cry on her parents lap? Uh, and, you know, where's the room for her to have access? She's so lucky. She's <laughs> a stuck because she cried, cried, cried. Anyway, yeah, wasn't yeah. wasn't yeah. I'm thinking of um every time where it was it Stephen Dorff was her boyfriend and that, and I feel like I don't know that just the age gap in yeah. media, women not being able to age over forty, like it's all part of the same issue. It doesn't mean everybody's a pedophile, but it does right. stoke those flames and make it normalize it. It makes it okay. It's pedalific. <laughs> you know, 
Is that uh, the next <laughs> fetish? <laughs> the next uh, popular TV show on ABC. <laughs> the uh, what outfits do you find sexy? Like a nice Black Panther militant. I think, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I think at that age, I was just thinking that myself, like, what would I have picked? Like, I think Catwoman was a cool look to me, like skin tight. And obviously, right. I'm sure, you know, a pedophile wouldn't disagree. But um, but it just was so I just remember seeing Britney and, you know, I, and him, if we were friends at the time, I would have looked through your closet and seen your bod skirt <laughs> and been like, Plaid, isn't that for golfers and Donald Duck? <laughs> you know, like I just wouldn't have made that connection because I wasn't in that what, world right and what's also creepy is that you know britney spears didn't write those 16 year old songs you know that three 40 year old men did and they they're like oops you did it again oh no you're singing i did it again you'll say i <laughs> oops you gave me a boner again no uh-huh. you played with my heart i mean even crazier than that is that uh, even though it has been fetishized fetishized and it is in porn the catholic schoolgirl uniform remains and I, I think, you know, Catholicism should change it. And I'm so sorry that that's your brand and, you know, weird fetishes have to take it away, but stop it. And why, why do I have to wear skirts in the winter? Right. <laughs> do you think it has anything to do with priests raping boys? <laughs> you get to like girls. I don't know. I think, I think it used to be wholesome because it, it used to be plaid is wholesome. It used to really be knee or ankle length. And so this, it's it, probably it, a depression era, like economy right. related fabric. Who the heck knows? Right. I don't even. But yeah, I, I saw this on uh, on Twitter. So somebody, Helen of Miami, I guess, isn't a Anthony Jeselnik fan is not and wrote, if Chris D'Elia were Anthony Jeselnik, he would not be trending or maybe is a fan. And this guy says, you know, things jokes about death. I'm not really sure. But I did enjoy that Anthony Jeselnik tweeted out. Uh, because I haven't been accused of sexual misconduct. And what I like about this is that I encourage all women to make your boyfriends tweet about how disgusting this Chris D'Elia news is. Dare him and then see what happens. Because it seems when these people do come out and go, hey, this is wrong. Everybody else comes out and go, no, motherfucker, you did it too. So just, mm-hmm. just, just write, hey, just like Anthony Jeselnik did. Hey, I've never been accused. Let's see what happens. So and, every, and the, everyone step into the, the wording accused yeah. is strange. I thought he would say I've never done it before. But yeah. Saying I've never right. been accused of not that I'm trying to raise right. any questions. But I, I'm, you know, that's a weird way to word it. I don't know. It hit I me also. But men it, do not know how to talk. Go ahead. Navigate the waters <laughs> of the Me Too movement. Go on. <laughs> no, don't. Don't. I, I have to. I have to stop the men don't know how to navigate because these men write words for a living and then perform them. So I'm not giving mm. them that out. Preach. Right. Well, well, Chris took the time to say, I will never apologize for, you know, he didn't respond to this, but he'll never apologize for what he does. And everybody, you know, I do know I get him. I get who he is. And he's a tough guy and everybody's a bunch of pussies. And, uh, you know, everybody's soft, blah, 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 participation trophies. So now what happens with what he has to say? I don't know. But I'm I waiting for that for him. I, I'm looking forward to this new podcast. Here's the good news for Chris, though. No one's doing anything now anyway. We're all ostracized. Relax. Who cares? You're not going to get that role? No one is. You know, we're all stuck inside anyway. You're right, Keith. This has been a roller coaster. That was, yeah. uh, that was, a, weird, that was a weird twist and turn. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll leave you, I'll leave you with something uh, a little more pleasant. Assuming Karen doesn't, you know, go half-cocked and shoot somebody in the face. Uh, the good news is that I'm going to play that uh, full clip for you of her crying about her McMuffin in her car. 
And shall I say thanks for having me now or wait till after the video? Do it right now. Thanks, guys. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I Uh, feel like I got a lot off my chest. Uh, Abby, you can follow online. Twitter and Instagram is at Curly Comedy. All right. And by the way, I'll say this. You you look good. And I was really hoping that at the end of all of this, we'd be able to walk outside and just look like shit. So (laughs) I'm letting my sunglasses do the heavy lifting. I don't have any makeup on. So. Thank you. Now, this is just what Abby looks like. It's and it's going to (laughs) be what she looks like forever. I exfoliate. (laughs) I exfoliate like a mad woman. Well, I'll I'll, uh, keep seeing what she's up to until she's 40. You know, thanks, guys. Uh, (laughs) I lose relevance. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Come to the McDonald's at Love's on the Ford Avenue exit. And I waited in line to get my food. I'd already done my mobile order so that, you know, people don't pay for my stuff because I just always like to pay for it myself. But I'm on my way home from work. Um, when I pull up to the window, they hand me my receipt. So I go to the second window to get my food and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And so the girl comes to the window and asks me what my order was. I repeat my order and my coffee um, order. And they asked me to pull up because my food's not ready. It's uh, an English muffin meal with a hash brown and coffee. And I mean, I hadn't eaten since uh, probably about, I mean, I've been up for a very long time, but I haven't eaten in a while. So I was kind of hungry and I'm still waiting and I'm still waiting and they asked me to pull up. So I pull up forward and uh, a girl comes out with my coffee and just the coffee and she hands it to me and at my window down. And that's all she hands me is the coffee. So I told her, I said, don't bother with the food because right now I'm too nervous to take it. It doesn't matter how many hours I've been up. It doesn't matter what I've done for anyone. Right now I'm too nervous to take a meal from McDonald's because I can't see it being made. I don't know what's going on with people nowadays, but please just give us a break. Please just give us a break. I don't know how much more I can take. I've been in this for 15 years and I've never ever had such anxiety about waiting for McDonald's drive-through food. So just have a heart and if you see an officer just tell them thank you. Because I don't hear thank you enough anymore.